you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks, and I'm really pleased that you can join me today. This is episode 10, and this week we're looking back at 2018. This episode is coming out on the 31st of December. So if you're listening in 2018, I hope you have a very happy new year. And if you're listening in 2019, I hope it's going well so far. But what I really wanted to do this week was to review the big stories in retail and around retail in 2018. And more importantly, looking at what it means and what we can learn as we head into 2019. What is it that we can do differently to make 2019 for retail a big success? And more importantly, make your transformation a big success too. Before we begin, let's just be frank with each other. 2018 in retail, on the whole, was a pretty rubbish year. There were lots of bad stories and we're going to dive into some of those, but it wasn't all bad. It wasn't all doom and gloom. There were some really positive stories coming out of retail. So I want to have a bit of a mixed bag, so to speak, today. Some good stories and some not so good stories that we can learn from. Now, in this episode, I've got plenty of links and references to new stories. So you can access all of those links by heading over to the show notes page, which you can find at obandco.uk slash 10. That's obandco.uk slash 10. So without further ado, let's start, of course, with January. January 2018, one year ago. It's amazing how time flies sometimes, isn't it? Now, if you cast your mind back, the signs were already showing 2018 was going to be a bit of a rubbish year for retail. The results from Christmas 2017 were there, which was showing that sales were down, footfall was generally down, and it was kind of showing signs that retail was going to be in for a bit of a rough ride. But that's not what I want to focus on for January. There were two big stories that really caught my eye in January. First up, in the UK, Iceland pledged to go plastic-free by 2023. And this was a massive theme for the year, actually, all around real awareness and commitments by retailers to focus on environmental benefits. Iceland kicked off the environmental theme this year and was shortly followed by Tesco, Morrison's, Co-op and others as well. And it wasn't just about cutting recycling. There were all sorts of environmental themes such as bottle returns, different plastics used in packaging, and carrier bag charges. The second big story that I wanted to touch on in January was Amazon Go, opening up to the public. This is Amazon's checkout list store with cameras and sensors all around so that you can can walk in, you can pick up your product, and you can walk out and you will get billed for that product. Now, up to now, it had been testing with Amazon employees, but in January, it opened up to the public in Seattle. And this was a really big deal. This was a real realization of this whole concept, which 
really uh, came out, I think it was in 2017, and created a lot of excitement, but also a lot of cynicism, like, oh, it won't really work and so on. And this was a proof point that actually the future is here. This is a really big deal. So what should we learn from January? These two big news stories, Iceland pledging to go plastic free and Amazon Go opening up to the public. It's all about looking to the future. Have an intent, have a vision for what you want to do, and then you can go and make it happen. Iceland are at the start of that transformation about reducing plastic. Amazon, partway through that transformation, getting to a trial stage. So look to the future and build that vision. Let's move on to February. Now, February was a cold, cold month for retail. And I don't mean literally, but I also do mean literally. The Beast from the East. Remember that one? The Beast from the East in the UK. But huge disruption to retail. But not in the same way that we're normally talking about retail disruption. Footfall plummeted, stores shut early, and sales really struggled. But that wasn't the only bad news for retail in February. On the 28th of February, it was a bit of a black day. We had both Maplin and Toys R Us go into administration on the same day. That was a massive hit to stores. But we also had Prezzo closing 100 of their restaurants as well, or announcing to close 100 of their restaurants as well. So that was a really painful day, 28th of February. Administrations and CVAs, company voluntary arrangements, were again big themes for the whole year, and they came back time and time again. It was a pretty tough year, as I've already said, for retail, and I'm sure you already know that. So the lesson to take from February was that you have to transform. You have to do it now. There is no alternative. If you're sitting, waiting for the world to go back to the way it used to be, I've got bad news for you. It's not going to happen. So if you're not already on a major transformation journey, I urge you to start looking at what the challenges are, what your customers are saying, and most importantly, what your business needs to do to continue to stay fit for the future. Now, the good news is you're listening to this podcast, The Retail Transformation Show, so you already get it. So I'm hoping you're not feeling squeaky bum time, so to speak, but you're already on that transformation journey. Now, as we move into March, we've got spring starting to arrive and we've got some good news for retail. The supermarket Morrison's reported a jump in profits, a fairly significant one as well, at around 17%. And that was across the board. They've done well in stores and they've done well online. Now, there are a number of reasons why Morrison's has turned a corner and is starting to do well. But the key message is that they have started their transformation journey and they're starting to see results, which is great news for the whole retail sector. It's essentially saying, if you start to make change, you can see results. So well done, Morrison's, and I'm looking forward to seeing the next results. So March's key lesson is obviously that you have to transform to deliver results, but also that retail is not suffering. Some retailers are, but there are pockets of success still happening. It's not all doom and gloom. Moving into April, and we've got a really big hitter of a news story. Again, supermarket based in the UK, 
Sainsbury's and Asda announced a mega merger, on the cards at least. £51 billion. Now this deal, this combination of these two huge brands already, is still being reviewed by the Competition and Markets Authority. But it is showing one of the big signals that we've been seeing for the past couple of years now in retail. And that is that growth comes from mergers and acquisitions. It's the biggest opportunity. And that is the lesson from April 2018. For large retailers, often the best chance of growth is through mergers and acquisitions. And these offer a huge opportunity for transformation particularly when you start looking at the, I know it's a bit of a buzzword, but the synergies of merging two businesses together. Now let's move on to May. And again, there were a few different big stories in May. Now the first was GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, which is an EU law to protect an individual's privacy rights. Now, the GDPR law or regulation was agreed in April 2016, but it didn't come into full force until May 2018. And I'm not sure about what your experience was, but from my perspective, my own individual personal perspective, every single retailer left it to the last minute to do anything about GDPR. Do you remember those inbox emails? You're getting a million emails every second saying, Please subscribe to stay on our list, etc, etc. This is because everyone left it to the last minute. And suddenly there was a huge panic as it dawned what GDPR actually was and what it meant. Now, the learning from GDPR is that you can't shy away from something that is coming down the tunnel, particularly if it's big and political and it's got a lot of legal issues around it. It's not going away and you need to prepare for these or you end up risking a last minute panic. Now, if you're in the UK, you've got another one of these coming, right? Brexit is coming. It is coming down the tunnel. Now, we don't know exactly what's going to happen at the time of recording. But what we can sense with some confidence is that something is going to happen. It is time to start preparing. And I'm going to come back to this a bit later on because there's more stories later on in the year about this, of course. Also in May, we had Wes Farmers selling home base, or their, what they were rebranding as Bunnings at the time, of course. Now, you probably remember this, but what was interesting is that they bought home base in January 2016. And just over two and a bit years later, May 2018, they're selling it. And it was at a massive loss. So, as I just mentioned, mergers and acquisitions can be a great growth opportunity. but not done well, they do risk a massive loss. They've got to be well thought out. They've got to be very clear in terms of their objective. You've got to look at the customer demographic in in that market or in that territory on that niche, and you've got to tailor it. You can't necessarily take the same operating model that is used elsewhere in the world and just copy and paste it. It doesn't necessarily work because, turns out, Your customers are people and people are different. Cultures are different. So if you're thinking about a big acquisition, make sure that you are considering how you're going to tailor that operating model to best fit 
your target market. The other big story in May was that the co-op, the cooperative, bought nicer convenience stores. Nicer? Nisa? Mixed views on that one, I know. <laughs> um, but this was big because co-op are already a massive player in the UK convenience store market. And frankly, so are Nicer. So actually merging the two creates this huge, huge opportunity. And May saw that opportunity confirmed. That sale went through. So that wraps up May. That lesson from May, of course, was all around the GDPR implementation and the fact that you can't shy away from those big things that are coming. Otherwise, you're going to be last minute panicking again. In June, there was a really interesting story in the US. Now, you may have missed it, but Walmart have been trialing robots to do stock inventory take in in stores on the shop floor. And the supplier of these robots, a company called Bossa Nova, completed a huge level of investment in June. So they managed to raise $29 million in this round of funding. And what this told me was that the trial is going rather well. Walmart had been trialing in up to 50 stores from, uh, from last year, from 2017. But the fact that Bossa Nova Robotics went out and raised more funding shows that those results must have been pretty positive and they're now looking to scale up. It also announced a large manufacturing partner, Flex, to help accelerate production of a robot. So my guess is we're going to be seeing more robots going up and down the aisles of supermarkets, particularly if you're a Walmart shopper. So the lesson here is that robots and technology innovation really is here. Make sure that you keep abreast of the latest developments and continue to invest in your future. Don't wait until everyone else has done it, otherwise you're going to be left behind. Now in July, back to the UK once again, we saw Mothercare have to announce more store closures than they had originally expected. So they had expected 50 and announced 50, and then they had to come back and announce more. They announced 60. Now, on the face of it, you may think that this isn't such a big deal. But when you add on this story, on top of the fact that they had quite a lot of confusion with the CEO, Mark Newton-Jones, sacked or relieved of duties, but then also rehired, I think it was about four weeks later, and that had happened just earlier on in the year, it created a lot of confusion. And it made certainly the media and I imagine the markets as well quite nervous around what is going on behind the scenes. And that's the lesson for July. You have to be sure of the direction that you are taking with your transformation. Hesitation, mistakes, backtracking, all causes confusion and nervousness. And that is going to create a real uphill struggle for your future transformation plans, both internally and externally. So you have to be sure of what you're going to be doing with your transformation. Be decisive, take action. Now into August, we've got another administration and another buyout. This time, of course, it's House of Fraser being bought out by Sports Direct for £90 million. So House of Fraser went into administration and was bought out 
hours later by Mike Ashley's Sports Direct. And Mike Ashley has, of course, said that his plan is to turn the chain into the Harrods of the High Street. And this is, of course, on top of Mike Ashley's vision for Sports Direct, where he's going to turn that into the Selfridges of Sports. So we've got Harrods of the High Street, Selfridges of Sports. You see where this is going. And in fact, Sports Direct has been pretty active in the transfer market this year. It's bought out a number of different companies. But going back to House of Fraser, what we have seen is Mike Ashley has been quite involved in that transformation, in the whole CVA process with House of Fraser, trying to save as many stores as possible. He clearly has a vision, that Harrods or the High Street vision, for the company. And he is going after it. And that has to be the lesson for August. You have to go after the transformation. You have to make it happen. You have to take action. There's a common theme here, right? Now into September, and we've got a bit of a rebrand. There have been quite a few rebrands this year, but this one caught my eye. So I wanted to raise it up. It's Burberry, the fashion house Burberry, creating a new flagship store in Regent Street in London, as well as rebranding their image and again, focusing on corporate social responsibility. Now, what they've done really neatly here, and like I say, there's, there are links with pictures on the website. So if you want to go and see those, it's obandco.uk slash 10. That's the number 10. So it's obandco.uk slash 10. That's slash one zero. So what I really liked with Burberry in this example from September was the fact that they combined a lot of these different elements to launch all at the same time. They had the flagship, they had the rebranding images, they had the new fashion lines, they had the improvements to its corporate social responsibility. It's a mouthful in itself, that's why people use CSR, I guess, as an acronym. But what combining them all together did was it created a really big signal for customers. It said, hey, we're changing, we're doing something new, and this is why. They went after it. They're really focused on the values, the company values that they wanted to promote and they wanted customers to know about. And all of them linked in together. They all synced up and made really good sense. And that is the lesson from September. If you're doing a branding overhaul, or in fact, any overhaul, a transformation, it's got to fit in with your brand values. And you must signal to customers when that transformation is underway to really maximize your bang for buck, as well as usher people in, customers, staff, into the new era post-transformation. Now in October, again, we heard from Amazon, this time in the UK. They opened up a one-week pop-up shop in London. Now, this pop-up created a lot of press. They had lots of tech in the store. They had lots of experiences. They had lots of events on in the evening. And it created a real excitement, like I say. Now, pop-ups have been a really big theme of retail this year, actually. Personally, for me, the jury's still out. I think they're a great way, particularly for online retailers, to get that opportunity to to create that buzz, to create that excitement, to build a real relationship. But I'm not sure. What do you think? I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. 
you can let me know at oliver.banks at obnco.uk or you can go to the show notes page which I'm, I'm sure you've already heard but I'll have it at the end one more time and you can drop me a comment there or, or make contact but the lesson for October is that pop-ups do offer a great opportunity to test things to do extravagant things and particularly for those online retailers to build better relationships with your loyal customers that otherwise you don't really ever get to talk to face to face. So consider how pop-ups can bring your brand alive. Now in November, we had a couple of big Brexit stories. The first was that retail shoppers are beginning to feel the pinch ahead of Brexit. More specifically, people are feeling nervous without the clarity of where this massive political thing is going. So people are keeping a tight rein on their spending, they're tightening up the purse strings, and that's not a good sign for retail, particularly coming into that all-important Christmas period. That was the first bit of bad Brexit news in November. The second bit was the fact that more than a third of retailers are underprepared for a no-deal Brexit, which looks like it could be one of the one of the most common outcomes here. A report from Retail Economics showed that, like I say, a third of retailers have done little or no preparation for a hard Brexit. And that is a scary statistic, particularly when you couple that with the chaos that happened when GDPR happened. Now, Brexit is potentially a bigger deal. So watch out for March next year when that Brexit date looms because it sounds like it's going to be another mad panic, a mad rush for the line. Now, the big lesson from November is to take better notice of the political landscape around your transformation and around your business in general to make sure that you're aware of what is happening. Now, A really good tool for this is the classic pest analysis, where you analyze the external factors that are coming from a political perspective, from an environmental perspective, from a social perspective, from a technology perspective. And you can take it further by also looking at legal and environmental perspectives. So make sure you do those analyses and understand what are the external factors coming. Now into December's big stories and maybe it feels like it was only yesterday's news and well it basically was of course. (laughs) Now I'm coming back to Mr Mike Ashley of Sports Direct once again here and he was in the news a couple of times in December. Firstly he was in front of members of parliament MPs. He was there to discuss retail sector and the future of the high street and it was quite a public affair as it always seems to be with Mr. Ashley. But what really came out was his real passion for saving the high street. And there were lots of good conversations that came up in that session. And those conversations are still going on, looking at reforming business rates, looking at how uh, the government could help town centres and high streets better. So it's going to be interesting to see what the government does about retail, about the state of the high street, particularly once the whole Brexit thing is done and dusted early next year. Now, the second story I I found was quite bizarre. This was the letter he sent to the Debenhams board to offer a loan facility and making it so public. 
Now, he does own a sizable chunk of the Debenhams business, but why he would make that loan and that letter quite so public really, quite frankly, baffled me. It led to many questioning his true intentions, in fact. So the lesson from December is that bricks and mortar retailers must pull together. They must help each other out. Yes, it is a competitive landscape. Of course it is. But also, as high streets start to fall apart, footfall decreases. And that's not going to help any bricks and mortar retailer. The writing will appear on the wall. So the lesson is to look at retail partnerships and collaborations and work out how to best pull together to form a future for the high street. So that brings us back round to today. Whew, it's been a busy year. It's been a tough year for retail, as I said. I'm sure you've, you've felt that, that toughness too. I think the whole industry, to be honest, is feeling quite bruised and battered. But unfortunately, we're only halfway through the battle. We need to wait and see what happens at Christmas to see what flavour we're going to get out of next year's retail marketplace. Now, of course, rewind the clock. Christmas 2017 was a tough one and it led to not a great series of news stories through the year. So what will Christmas 2018 look like? What we have seen time and time and time and time again is the need to transform the business, the need to transform the operating model. You need to take actions to develop your operations, to focus on the customer and the customer experience, as well as look after your team, your staff members. And as we go into 2019, on this podcast, on the Retail Transformation Show, I'm going to be diving with you into a whole host of those topics to help give you the insight, the ideas, and the inspiration to make successful transformation happen. So if you've not already subscribed to this podcast, you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button and you can come back and join me every single week. And if you know someone else who is into retail and into retail transformation, you must tell them about this podcast. Tell them to subscribe. Tell them what they're missing out on. Now, if you've enjoyed today's show, there are lots of things to look at over at the show notes page. Now, you can go there. That link, once again, obandco.uk slash 10, the number 10, 1, 0. obandco.uk slash 10. Now, we've reached the end of the year. We've reached the end of the episode. So all that is left is for me to say good luck as we jump into 2019. I genuinely wish you the very best for the future year and I really look forward to engaging from you. So do please reach out if you want anything. You can find all the contact info on that show notes page. So until next week, I hope you have a very good week and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.